Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Football Betting Show, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by legendary handicapper, Brandon Lang. A reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review the Football Betting Show wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a little rating, uh, a review. It goes a long way into helping us grow, and we can't thank you enough for all the feedback that you give us here on the program. We are sponsored by betonline.ag. The NBA and college basketball are here. The NBA playoffs are here. College football playoff national championship game on Monday. So with everything going on, there's plenty to bet on. And if you're thinking about picking a team like Alabama to win the national championship and cover the line, or if you're thinking about picking a Super Bowl MVP like Patrick Mahomes or somebody, go right ahead and do so at betonline.ag. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino because it never closes. Head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. B-Lang, before we get into NFL wildcard weekend and, of course, the college football playoff national championship game, uh, to recap last week, I'd say you and I were on the wrong side of the semifinal game between Ohio State and Clemson. I think myself and a lot of other people discounted Ohio State for six games. Their struggle in the Big Ten championship game, how Indiana threw the ball on them. Then I went back and I said, well, let's start with the Indiana game. Ohio State was up 35-7 in the second quarter. Kind of just took their foot off the gas. And then the whole second half, they'd go up by 21 and mm-hmm. Indiana would score. they go up by 21 and Indiana would score. And then they had one at the possession. Indiana gets it to seven. Ohio State scores 14. Um, so that game got kind of helter skelter. Then they had COVID guys out and they were missing guys in the big 10 championship game. And then even then they got it down to the Northwestern three yard line with, you know, a minute to go and could have probably pumped it into cover. Um, you run for almost 400 yards on a top 10 Northwestern defense and you put up close to 50 on a top five defense. So I think everybody misjudged them. They're they're just as good as Alabama. It's just a matter of uh, who you trust. So we'll get into that more. But that's it, you know, just live and learn, live and learn. And then Sunday in the NFL, I was all over the, the Rams, over the Cardinals, and then I jumped to Dallas early in the day and just watched the play calling on first and goal at the six-yard line at the two-minute warning. <clears throat> So bad, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. Giants got one time out of the two-minute warning. Your first and goal at the six-yard line, touchdown, Dallas covers. Just run it. Run it for two yards. Make the Giants take their last time out. Now you're second and goal at the four-yard line. Okay? Now run it again. Gain, gain a yard, gain two yards. Now you run the clock. You're third and goal at the two-yard line. Now here you go. Two plays to win the game. You run it, so the Giants are thinking, okay, well, they might have to run it here um, or throw it. Great receivers, lots to do. Whatever you do, don't five-step drop your quarterback on the six-yard line and have someone miss a block and get a sack for 13 yards and game over. Just, I just swear to God, 
almost do the remote through my TV, but that's what happened. I, I, you've heard, you know, we've done this podcast for going on two years now and it's penalties, turnovers, coaching stupidity. And it was on full display. I will, I, I say this all the time. I will never pull a dollar out of my pocket and bet a game that's involving Mike McCarthy. Fucking idiot. But it's wild card weekend. I was great in the playoffs last year, capped off by my sixth straight Super Bowl winner. So I'm excited about this weekend. I was hot last year. Um, I like what I'm seeing this year and uh, ready to ready to rock and roll, buddy. All right, let's dive right into it. Uh, on Saturday, the first game is the Bills and the Colts. The Bills laying six and a half. Total is 51. Uh, I can't bet against this Bills team, Brandon. The way that they have played this year, you can make the argument, and it probably isn't even an argument, that they're the most complete team in the AFC right now. And that's including the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs are maybe just trying to, you know, they cruise through the season and now they're going to flip the switch in the playoffs and that's all great. But the Bills have been, you know, the switch has been on all season long. This team is legit. And it's Phillip Rivers on the road who we know we can't trust. Uh, I think I'm going to lay the points here. And I think the Bills cover this line. Yeah, just <clears throat> first of all, let me just say I'm I'm with you. Okay. Um, here's what scares me. Philip Rivers, 4-0 in the wild card round. Um, this has got backdoor written all over it. This run that the Bills have had this year, let's, let's take it from the top. So they play the Jets, they play Miami out of the box. Solid win over the Rams at home, 35-32. Then they play Vegas, and they beat Vegas 30-23 on the road. Good win, minus three. They're 4-0. They played Tennessee and the Chiefs back-to-back. Tennessee destroyed them 42-16. Chiefs beat them 26-17. Okay, boom. Now, here, the, here they go on their run. The most impressive win in this run because they beat the Jets, the Patriots, Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England, Miami. The most impressive win is there's a Seattle win, 44-34 against the Seattle defense that wasn't playing as well as they're playing now. Mm-hmm. What scares me in this game is the level of competition in this run. And I get it. You're blowing people out. Blew Miami out. Blew New England out. Blew Denver out. Blew Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh had a chance to pump one in the back door, 26-15. Um, Niners were banged up. Chargers by 10. Uh Something just tells me the whole world's going to be on Buffalo. Yep. The whole world. And I just get the sneaky suspicion that the Colts are going to cover. Not win the game. They're going to cover. I've advised people all week on radio to go ahead and take the bills from minus six and a half down to minus a half. I love where you're going. I love where you're going. Take the Steelers from minus six down to pick them. Love it. Love and it. and don't and and take the back door out of the equation. I've already put those two. I've already put that bet in. I've already put in yep. that two team teaser with the Bills and the Steelers. And we'll get to the Steelers. Uh, I guess we'll yep. jump into it now. Why not? Because we're talking about the teaser play. But I just can't see any way Cleveland wins this game. Uh, they no. have been ravaged by COVID. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is not going to be there. And you want to credit, you know, you want to give credit to Baker Mayfield for the, for the success that he's had this year and the growth. Well, a lot of that is because of Kevin Stefanski, who is not going to be there for this game. You can only prep so much now during the week. Their facility has been closed all week. Their players are preparing for this game virtually. And last week, Brandon, 
they couldn't even put away the Steelers' backups, and they yeah. just barely won that game. And now they have to go. It's very hard to beat a team two weeks in a row. Now you have to go to Pittsburgh and play a hungry Steelers team that had a week of rest. I just I can't see the Browns winning this game at all. I love the idea of pushing the Steelers down with the Bills and making the Steelers and Bills a pick 'em in a two-team teaser. Yeah, there's a there's a an additional look at this game, and that's to get that gorilla off their back to make the playoffs. And what a gorilla it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and to sweat a two-point conversion. And we're in the playoffs and just that, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're in the playoffs. And now you go face the experience of the Steelers. The, the, you, you prep different for the playoffs. It's a whole different intensity. It's hard for a team like Cleveland to make that transition of, Hey, we made the playoffs, man. What a success to all right. Now we gotta go win a playoff game. You have to experience the playoffs first. And I give this analogy that my boy Ted Treva, three-time All-American at Ohio State, uh, won once on tour, Anheuser Busch, like in 1993. And then he didn't win again. And then I had his bag at Riviera Country Club, and 18 of the top 20 players in the world were there that week. It was 1999. And he goes out and shoots the course record, 61, with me on the bag. Two-shot lead going into Sunday, pair with Davis Love and Tiger Woods. And I'm just a, a rib caddy trying to network the movie, and I got my boy's bag, and he's put me in the final group of the lead, and I'm on CBS TV all weekend long. I mean, it was, it was a hell of a run. And he just couldn't keep it together. He just, as loose as I had him all week, he just got tight. He finished second. I take him to the airport, and uh, before he's getting out of the car, he sits there, he looks at me, he says, you know what? He goes, I wasn't ready to win. He goes, I wasn't ready to win. He says, I had to experience the pressure of what I experienced. He says, you know what? I'm ready to win now. I can play with those guys, and I know I'm ready to win. And three months later, he won FedEx St. Jude in Memphis. And that's the point of the Browns, is they got to go to Pittsburgh, and they got to experience something that the Steelers experience for the most part every single year. And until you experience it, it's hard to manage. And I, I think that's of the six games. I think that one gets out of hand and is a blowout. Well, Ben Roethlisberger, 12 and 0 at home against the Cleveland Browns straight up. So I think, yep. uh, I think that's pretty safe there. All right, let's there continue on Saturday. The second game is going to be the Rams and the Seahawks. For me, this game is within a field goal and I'm not picking either side. I lean towards the Seahawks at home, but I can see the Rams absolutely covering and winning this game outright. To me, the only play on this game is the under. The line has gone down, and it should go down further. I I just envision this game as the most physical game of the weekend, and I see it being somewhere in the 30s, and you're not even sweating out the total. So let me say this. If it stays at three and a half, <clears throat> by the half point, lay through Seattle. Two weeks ago, the Rams went up to Seattle. The defense played incredible. The defense played good enough to win the game. And Jared Goff took it upon himself to say, I'm not going to let us win the game. I'm going to throw a horrific pick at the end of the first half up 6-3 in field goal range at the Seattle 20 could go up could go up 
13-3, definitely go up 9-3, and threw a pick that a high school seventh grader wouldn't have thrown. And that just led to how bad he played the rest of the way. So you want me to believe that in that game, then they get the ball back there down 13-9, they get to midfield first and 10, they're driving, and he takes a sack and just the drive just imploded from there. Then they punt, and here comes the defense, walks on the field, Five minutes to go, 13-9, get one more stop, game over, chance to win, and they let Russ cook. And Russ cooked, and Russ cooked, and he cooked, and he cooked, and they went right through him, touchdown, game over, 20-9. to Now, what makes you think, two weeks later, you want me to believe that Jared Goff, with a banged-up thumb, is going to be different than he was without? I banged up thumb. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I, they they can't. As long as Jared Goff is their quarterback, they are never going to win a pressure pack game on the road against a team like this. Not with the way Seattle's defense is playing right now. So I would buy the half point, lay three more than I ever thought about taking the Rams. Do you agree with my assessment on the total of this game? Yes. Yeah. Rams have gone under the post a total eight straight games when allowing 250 yards or less in their previous game. Seattle's gone under seven of their last eight. Um, the under is definitely the play again. It was thirteen nine with five minutes to go in the game yep. two weeks ago. I, I see nothing that leads me to believe it'll be the Rams are gonna have trouble scoring. Even in their first uh, matchup, even in their first matchup earlier this year, I believe it was I have the score here, twenty three sixteen, still one under the postal total there. Yeah, so I mean they're just that's definitely the right side of the game. All right, Tampa Bay and Washington. The Bucks, the uh, second highest favorite of the week. Washington doesn't know what they're doing with their quarterback situation. They are banged up. They don't belong in the playoffs. And I think Ron Rivera even knows that they don't belong in the, here in this playoffs. Uh, they're going to lose this game. But by how much are they going to lose this game? And can you, careful. can you take Washington in this game with the Be points? Be careful. Well, you think Washington's going to win this game? I'm not saying they're going to win the game. They're going to have a chance to win the game. Well, I don't think there's any chance that they win this game. I just think, okay. I, I, think Be they, careful. I think they can cover. I, I absolutely think. I think over a touchdown is hard in a playoff game. It's very uh-huh. hard. So if you're getting eight, I think you take Washington with the eight. But I don't see Tampa losing this game at all. Okay. Now, who's the last team the Bucks played? that had a defensive line like this one? The Rams. No. Okay. Um, New Orleans. Yes. The Rams have an incredible secondary. And Donald gets doubled and frees up everybody else. But you don't have, you, you know, you don't have to double anybody on the Saints because you can't all four guys can get there mm-hmm. not every not every Rams player can get there they get there because you have to double Donald because if you don't he will get there the Saints come at you with all Davenport gets at you um 38 Jordan final. Jordan gets there mm-hmm. they dominated that offensive line four first round draft choices coming after Brady pressure equals problems let me say it again pressure equals problem when you walk into that strip bar and you let that first stripper grab your hand and starts to lead you in that back room the pressure of pulling away from her because if you don't that pressure equals problems now you're back in the back room she breaks out the molly the coke 
but here comes the credit card. And the next thing you know, you're back at your hotel. She slips you a Mickey and she robs you. That pressure equals problems. Brady will feel pressure in this game. People are jocking Tampa like they are the second coming of God right now. Why? They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Chiefs. And then their last four games were against the garbage Vikings, garbage Falcons, garbage Lions, garbage Falcons. Mm -hmm. So people are just acting like this team is a second coming. And everybody's completely off Washington because of how they looked on Sunday night against a divisional opponent with a quarterback that was a little rusty and hadn't played. I'm telling you, it's been a great year for Tampa. But they went on the road and imploded at Chicago. Um, the teams they've beaten up on are horrible. They don't even have a defense near the defense of Washington. And if they're not careful, they're going to be in a dogfight here. And Brady's going to have to make some plays under pressure. And that's pressure equals problems. If you're at that bar, Scott, and that girl is a dime piece, and you want to, to the pressure... Is that an Adam's apple there? I got to check between <laughs> the legs. Pressure equals problem, Scott. Pressure equals problem. <laughs> All right, I agree. I think Washington can keep it close. I just I can't see yes. them winning the game. Okay. All right, that's that's my angle there. Uh, okay. We move on to Sunday. My play here in the Titans-Ravens game is to ignore a side and take the total. Uh, I think this game goes over. Um, I know both of these teams run the football, which is ironic, talking about an over with teams that run the ball a lot. But both these teams make big plays, whether it's Derrick Henry breaking a run or Lamar Jackson bombing it down the field to Hollywood Brown. These are two high-scoring teams. I think the Titans won over 11 times this year. The Ravens won over, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times this year. Uh, I think this game goes over the posted total. It's going to be one of those, like, this is going to be like what happened last week. With the Titans, it's going to be one of those 41-38 games or 35-31, something like that. I think this game easily gets into the 60s. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story about a football team that nobody talks about. But could have went down in history as one of the greatest teams in NFL history. The problem is... They couldn't beat one team. And the team I'm talking about is the 1999 Jacksonville Jaguars. They finished the regular season 14-2, and two, mm -hmm. and their two losses were to the Tennessee Titans. Yep. They go to the playoffs, and they destroy the Dolphins 62-7 to in the divisional round. And they face the Tennessee Titans again, and they lose to them again. And they end up 14 and three. And nobody talks about this team. Tony Bozzelli, Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith. I mean, they were they were so good. Yep. Tom Coughlin. They just could they just did that team just didn't match up with the Tennessee Titans. And that brings me to Baltimore Tennessee. Now, first and foremost, Baltimore should send a case of Cristal Champagne to the schedule maker. Because the only reason they're in the playoffs is because four of their last five games to close out the year were against Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Giants, and Dallas. And the only team they played in the last five weeks that had some game offensively 
was the Browns who put up a 42 spot on them on Monday night and they could not stop Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So everybody just wants to sit here and go, wow, Lamar Jackson, he's the man. They're going to go into Tennessee. They're going to win this game outright. The reason why Tennessee's defense struggles is because they can't get pressure on the quarterback. It's because they can't get pressure on the quarterback. Eventually, guys get open on their secondary. Their secondary isn't that bad. They're just asked to cover too long. Well, that's not the strength of Baltimore. Baltimore's strength is Lamar goes back, hangs out for a half hour, and takes off running. And they want to establish the run first, so then what happens? They get in a third and eight. You make one stop, then their defense can't. And, and that's what Tennessee does to them. And then Tennessee pounds Derrick Henry. Last year, they beat him in the playoffs. Baltimore has a chance to beat him at home. They lose in overtime. Mm-hmm. Can't stop Derrick Henry. And now they're going to go into Tennessee, land three and a half, and everybody's off Tennessee because of their defense. They match up well with Baltimore. And between me and you, brother, I mean, I don't know what Lamar scored on the Wonderlick test. If you watch an interview with him, probably three. Who knows? But until Lamar Jackson shows me he can hit a semi-truck parked 10 yards in front of him consistently under pressure for 60 minutes, I ain't laying three and a half with him on the road. You going to lay three and a half with him on it? Do you trust him on the road laying three and a half in a pressure back no, game? Of course not. This kid has the second coming of Andy Dalton written all over him. So I remember going to his bowl game, Mississippi State. I was on the sidelines, played in Jacksonville, threw four picks. And I said, this kid can't read defenses to save his life. He's going to be a wide receiver, slot receiver, something. He's a running back, playing quarterback. And in pressure-packed games, when you're forced to make decisions under extreme pressure, he has failed miserably. And I like the Titans plus three and a half. All right, any read on my overplay? Last, yeah, it's last, got it. I last mean, time these it, last time these two teams played in the regular season, it was thirty twenty four was the final. Yeah, but that was an overtime game. Yeah. Be careful. Mm-hmm. I understand. Give it your total. Baltimore number I mean, one tennis, number, ten, number, number one number two running teams in, in the NFL. But Tennessee so take, Tennessee's points for this year, though, you know, we're talking about a team that averages thirty one points a game. Uh, oh, I get it. I get it. I listen. Twenty eight twelve last year in the playoffs. Forty, and the game should have went over. So we'll see. I mean, listen, I think the overs the right side, but yeah. uh, Saints and Bears um, can't touch it. Sean Payton, zero five against the number last five as a playoff favorite. You buy into the hype; they're gonna blow this team out. Go get them, Sean. Saints by fifty. Yeah, baby, here we go, Sean. You the man, baby. Yeah, Saints, man. Saints cover that ten. Saints cover that twelve. Go get them, Sean. You the man, baby. Saints gonna blow them out. <laughs> 0-5 against the spread, his last five as a playoff favorite. You buy into the hype. You buy into the points. You lay chalk, lay chalk, lay chalk, lay chalk, lay chalk. And Peyton does something stupid not to cover the number. I don't know what CBD oil they got him on. I don't kind of weed he's smoking down there in New Orleans. I don't know if he's got regular season weed and, and postseason weed. But he definitely makes a change because he coaches differently. So should they blow them out? Come on, man. Mitchell Trubisky against that pressure? Come on, man. This should be a four-touchdown burial. But you just watch, man. You'll be sitting there going, how are they not blowing this team out? (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get to the game that everyone wants us to talk about. College World Playoff National Championship game. Alabama 
and Ohio State. We both admitted it. We uh, missed the boat there on Ohio State in the semifinal. Uh, bought missed the, the boat. Missed the boat completely. Uh, watched it go by. Okay. Bro, we jumped off. We jumped off the George Washington Bridge and hit cement. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, now we look at this Alabama team. We look at this Ohio State team. The line is high. It's over a touchdown. I, I, it's, a, it's such a hard game because I don't yeah. see any way Alabama loses. But, no, but, but to me, is, is there a question about laying over a touchdown here? First of all, get your mind around the fact that Alabama can lose this game. I don't think they can lose this game. I'm sorry. Okay. I've watched right. this. So. I've watched this team all year, and you could talk about who they played against, whatever. This team against Notre Dame, who had the best one of the best defenses in the country, they averaged a first down on every single play. That's what this team does. And they, there's a possibility that Jalen Waddle plays in this game. You realize that Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy. He wasn't even Alabama's number one wide receiver at the beginning of the year. It was Jalen Waddle, and no one was talking about Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle goes okay. down, and Devontae Smith wins the Heisman Trophy. If Jalen Waddle plays in this game, that's just another weapon for Mac Jones. Najee Harris might be the difference maker in this game. I, I just I can't see Alabama losing. I'm sorry. The, the question is about the spread, not about who's winning this game. Okay. Let me, being older than you, let me tell you that bringing Waddle back is one of the worst decisions they can make. Okay. You have developed a chemistry with your receivers across the board, and now you're bringing this guy back in, and now you're asking DeFonte to take a step back. Now you've, you've, you've messed with the chemistry of everything they've done. That's first and foremost. I think it's I think it's a bad move. I'm just I'm I'm just painting you a picture here. Two. Um this is the best offense and defensive lines that Alabama is going to have seen all year long, the Irish included. This is a quarterback that is going to give them some problems because the Achilles heel of Alabama is mobile quarterbacks. Thirdly, this is the best coach that Nick Saban is going to coach against in college football right now. This guy is a genius and does not get enough credit. Listen, if not for the blown whistle on the fumble return for a touchdown last year in the Clemson game, He's undefeated as a head football coach at Ohio State. Their secondary is better than people think. Their D-line is going to get pressure on Jones. He's been able to set back in that pocket and just go, you know, hey, what am I going to do tonight? Where are we going after the game? You have to give Ohio State credit for showing up and hanging a 50 spot on a top five defense in the NFL coached by a defensive coordinator. That's the highest defensive, highest paid defensive coordinator in college football. And they hung 50 on them. Mm -hmm. Alabama's defense can be had. Trask showed you they could be had. Their linebackers cannot cover good receivers in space. Day is going to get matchups, favorable matchups, 
just like he did in the Clemson game. Because these games come down to matchups. So the first matchup is can Ohio State's offensive and defensive lines hold up? Well, they showed you they can against Clemson. I see no reason why they can't against Alabama. Secondly, can Fields and these receivers exploit the linebackers of Ohio State? I believe they can. And I'm telling you right now, if these teams show up Monday night and the same team from a starting lineup standpoint, if the same Ohio State teams with the, the, the pop potential COVID issues that came out, if that same Ohio State team that played Clemson is fully intact and shows up Monday night and plays Alabama, your 2020-2021 national champ is the Ohio State Buckeyes. So there you go, buddy. Taking them out right. Wow. Yep. They will beat them. Good luck with that. Thank you. And when we do the podcast next week, you're going to go, wow. I, I think, never listen, I, I think the, saw it. I, come. I, listen, I've already bet Ohio State plus eight. Which I think is the, I think that's the correct one. Okay. I think, I think it's too many points to give them. I do think it could I be took, a close game. I just, I don't see Alabama losing at all. I took half that bet and bet money line. Okay. All right. Because you want to talk about the Star Wars numbers of, of Alabama. I get it. I do. I do. I'm going to look, water, I'm gonna look listen, for a second leg, a wa- I'm listen, a second leg a of a watered, teaser. That's what I'm going to A watered-down SEC conference this year. Okay. I'm okay. going to push Alabama down to under a field goal, take them Ooh. minus two, and I'm going to uh, find another side of a teaser, maybe push the Titans up to 10 or something like that. Um, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to push Alabama okay. down to under a field goal, and I think Alabama's going to win this game. Okay, hey, guess what? Roll Tide. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Hi, <laughs> uh, brother. We'll check out the website for the Listen, picks. I don't know where we stand with dinners, <laughs> like dinners or lunches. Well, co- we have to get rid of COVID restrictions so no, that uh, we can all we can go but, out and enjoy those dinners without uh, having to deal with any stipulations. You got it, man. Hi, <laughs> brother. Enjoy. Bye, right, Holmes. Enjoy. We'll talk to you next week. Later. Well, there he is, Brandon Lang, uh, one of the very best. And, uh, you know, we'll see how he does. I think Alabama wins the game. He thinks Ohio State not only covers, but wins it outright. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Football Betting Show wherever you get your podcasts from. Please leave us a rating and a review. It goes a long way into helping us grow. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for your feedback once again. Follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. And, of course, check out BrandonLang.com. This is the Football Betting Show brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, and we'll talk to you next week. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.